Marnella. I'm from the Netherlands and I found out I had trichotillomania around the age of 19, 20 and I'm 24 right now so that means it's about four or five years ago and I didn't know I had trichotillomania for about six years and I often say that I um, yeah that I started to have trichotillomania around the age of 15 as this is when I really noticed myself suffering from it. But it was probably already happening around 13 and maybe in a very mild form, but it has been building up. And it's actually an interesting question because when you notice something, you can assume that it has been happening for a few years already. Like by the time you realize, oh, I'm, I'm touching my hair, I'm pulling it out and I can't stop. It's probably going on for a while, like it builds up. I even remember playing with my hair during primary school. Whenever I was bored, stressed, or anxious. So these were huge triggers for me. And yeah, I think these were also one of the first signs that I had a vulnerability for it. Because yeah, since the past years, you probably noticed is that I really dove deep into what trichotillomania is, what it means, what causes it. Um, I've done like tons of research on it, read a lot of books. And I found that trichotillomania has a genetical part. But there always has to be a psychological trigger. And I'm 100% sure that my trigger is and was my toxic family. Like pulling my hair felt like a way to deal with a situation where I was stuck. Like it's a coping mechanism. And yeah, that's in essence what trichotillomania is. Um, it, it's a coping mechanism for emotions that you can't handle. And that's also where I have a difficulty with, with dealing with emotions. So it actually starts to make sense why I developed it. What I found out is there are so many things attached to trichotillomania. Like there's not one factor. The first, the first questions I Googled were like, why do I, why do I pull my hair? Why can't I stop pulling? And then soon I found out it was trichotillomania. It was around 1920. But that was not it. I, <laughs> I went like deeply into it. And then I found out that it was a condition and was like, whoa, does it mean that I have to suffer from it for the rest of my life? Yeah. As soon as I knew more and more about it, that there are like three things um, mainly attached to trichotillomania, the easier was to find out how I could finally overcome it and manage it effectively. Because I found out that it was treatable as well and that many people with trichotillomania were able to manage it so it doesn't significantly um, impact their daily life anymore. So there are three components actually. There is a genetic component, so biological factors, uh, psychological factors, and environmental factors. Yeah, these can vary and aren't the same for everyone, can be a mix, but I do believe that those three are always present to a certain degree. I will shortly say what I mean by it is that the genetical components, so biological factors, are actually because researchers found that people with trichotillomania have, um, have a different brain structure or can have a different brain structure. 
So there's some sort of biological vulnerability. <clears throat> and then there's also a gene, and that gene is called the SLYTKR1 gene. You probably know about it. And that's also why trichotillomania is often hereditary. And from people with trichotillomania, they found that there are mutations. So mutations or variations in this gene for people with trichotillomania. But the interesting part is this gene doesn't mean that you're 100% going to have trichotillomania. It's just one of these factors because there always have to has to be a psychological trigger to activate it. There always has to be, it can be as simple as excessive boredom, for instance, or like an intense amount of stress, excessive stress, anxiety, these kind of things. So there always has to be something to activate it. These are the psychological factors. And you also have environmental factors. And with this, I mean anything that goes goes on around you. So, and the environmental part played a huge role in my progress. What I noticed is that um, as soon as I moved my parents' house, which was a very toxic environment for me, that my urges to pull increased with 80 to 90%. So massively, it's not that it was always much, much better, but like um, there were much more peaks than valleys, you know? So yeah, I, I grew up in a very toxic environment. Um, and why toxic? Because my parents were very controlling, very negative, um, trying to create fear and belittle others to make themselves feel better. It was highly damaging for my self-esteem and how much I believed in myself. And it took a while to recover my ambition and confidence. And from time to time, I still struggle because of it. So yeah, leaving my parents' house was one of the best things I could do. So these were the environmental factors. Most triggers with trichotillomania are because of our biological vulnerability. Like you need a way to deal with emotions. For that, we need our coping mechanism to pull our hair. And that's when I started to experiment with different methods and most of which didn't work for me. For some people they could, but for me, uh, they didn't. So yeah, counseling with a therapist didn't work. Um, I even tried hypnotherapy, didn't work. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy on its own didn't work either. And that's when I came to the conclusion that I shouldn't try to find a single solution. Like since then, I've been dissecting my life and looking for triggers and connecting logical interventions to them. And at the same time, I thoroughly changed my lifestyle because environmental factors are just as important as psychological factors. Um, and as I said, with environmental, I mean everything around you. So your parents, family, uh, even what you do for movement, like movement in itself, movement itself doesn't affect trick, but exercising, for instance, leads to lower stress levels and provides an outlet. So it indirectly contributes. And for me, it was also the same as eating plant-based food. <laughs> um, if you eat more plant-based food, for instance, just an example, you can yeah, stimulate blood flow. So, and that stimulates hair regrowth and blood flow is essential uh, for that. And 
yeah, an improved circulatory system also helps to remove waste products more quickly, reducing things like headaches. And headaches can contribute to a feeling of stress. And stress, you know, it's not a good factor for people with trichotillomania. It's not a good, it, it's not something you want to have because it's a huge trigger. So it's like result and result and result. And many things can trigger trichotillomania. But these three are what I noticed the main ones. Um, yeah, based on everything I've learned till so far. When you first decided to look up, you know, why am I pulling my hair? What led you to that? Were, were your, did your parents notice that you were maybe missing areas? Or did you notice like, hey, I keep, you know, reaching for my hair or I look down on my pillow and there's hair there. What kind of led you to looking more into this behavior you were doing? It was actually because I noticed that I couldn't stop. For years, I thought that it was a strange kind of behavior of me. I thought that it was something where that I was the only one having it. And I always thought, like, I can, I can stop with this stupid thing that's happening. I can just, you know, say to myself, okay, right now I'm done. I'm not going to pull anymore. But yeah, and then, then a few hours later, I was, I was pulling and I didn't notice. And I was like, wait, hang on, I'm doing it again, you know? So... It was like um, time on time I was I was disappointing myself, you know, because I noticed that I couldn't stop. And I was like, it was something outside of me. I started to feel like it was something I didn't have control over. And that's when I truly started to question myself what was going on. For years and years, I, yeah, I didn't know it was trichotillomania. But yeah, it started to get really serious in, in the last years. Um, I lived at my parents' house and um, around 1920, I was, I was like so done with it and I wanted it to change. So that's when I finally took the action to, to find out what it was. And yeah, here I am right now. When you were pulling and you were pulling a lot, did you have to do certain things to cover up missing areas? Did you ever have a significant bald spot or anything? I had, um, but you had to look closely, thinner areas, especially on the top side of my head and um, also on the front side a little bit, but mainly right here. Um, yeah, you can see it when you listen to this, but yeah, more like on the, on the back side of my head, um, but not like huge visible bald spots. It's not that I ever was completely bald or something like that, but what I knew for sure, I saw those pictures of, of women and even men, but mostly women on the internet with trichotillomania, with, with just bald, bald sculpts. And I was like, okay, if if I can't manage this, then that's going to be me for sure. Because I noticed an increase in, in the amount of pulling. Um, and that's also some of the questions I'm grappling with right now is that as a young adult, your your brain is not fully developed until the age of 25 and i'm actually curious about the impact of of brain development on trichotillomania like the more your brain develops the more you may have a heightened need for extra sensory input so and it's also for me it starts with playing then pulling then breaking for instance uh, so there are like additional steps along the way. I also like to, after I pull it out, just hold it in between my hands and then look at it or like <laughs> go, go against it with my nails, you know, or sometimes place it in between my lips. But I mostly, yeah, just looked at it and yeah, I was breaking it into many pieces as if it felt like 
rewarding like okay pull that out so now i'm <laughs> going to yeah break it as much as i can i don't know why but um yeah that's what i did and what i'm actually wondering is is the question if it does also have to do something with um with the ongoing development of the brain um and that's also one of the reasons that i uh, recently turned uh hairpullingmentor.com into a business in the past month because I, I need leverage to be able to speak with influential people. And I want to learn as much about this disorder as possible. It's like, yeah, there needs to be so much more awareness. There are millions of people worldwide struggling from it. And the amount of information is, is in my opinion, quite poor. And that's also why, why I love what you're, what you're doing. Spread as much awareness as possible. And I really want to contribute to that and see if we can find better knowledge and solutions to, to help people with this because it can it can impact your life massively. Like I never had to deal with, with as you asked, um, height, bald areas, wear, wear beanie or something like that. But yeah, I had thinner areas. Um, these are kind of, hard, kind of harder to see right now. But yeah, one of the things I noticed by which I noticed it the most was with a braid um, because... When you have a braid, your hair is like, how do you say that? A clump together. So yeah, it's for me, it was easy to to see that it started to thin uh, a lot. And when I was, was vacuuming my bedroom, you know, you have normal shedding, but you also have, yeah, you can kind of notice when there's more hair than usual. Um, so, and I had long hair, always had long hair. So it was very noticeable when there were more hairs on the floor and I just I just hated it when I was working I, I pulled the most of my hair behind my desk um when I was doing sedentary work it was the worst because I yeah I, you it sounds weird but um you kind of have idle hands even though you should be typing but you're not typing constantly so most of the time my left hand was in my hair uh at the same time didn't notice it all the time but then I looked down in my lap and there were like hairs uh, everywhere and on the floor and even on my hands and then often for years I just threw them on the floor and I was like okay well yeah that's a stupid behavior for me let's continue but yeah it's it's just something serious and um one of the most painful things there might be people with trichotillomania who maybe this this sounds harsh but don't really care maybe that they pull their hair but um like it's it's not only the hair pulling itself it's also um the fact that it can claim you for hours like it can steal your productivity and it was one of the biggest um yeah pain points for me uh yeah that it that it could just put me into kind of trans mode and I couldn't just get out of it. That's like it's like a, a, a vicious circle. Like once you get into it, you yeah, you want to stop, but you really can't get out of it. You know, you, it feels like you have to do it for for some sort of relief or to cope with whatever it is you you're feeling. Um, and it's very hard to break, especially when you're doing it for for months or years. You actually create a pathways in your brain which are very hard to break, and that's also why it, it never why it never worked to say okay I'm going to stop right now you're not going to do it anymore I'm done with it it never never worked always disappointed me and 
you also can't just stop overnight. You really need to figure out what's going on and to actively work on, on overcoming trichotillomania. I like that you mentioned, you know, having other sensory needs. I have a great example of just something that happened the other day. So I still pull not as often as I used to. I've had moments where I feel like I all I do is pull. I'm missing so many things. As I've kind of gained better self-acceptance and self-love, I might pull a little bit, but it's not as detrimental as it used to be. Anyway, I bring this up because the other day I had this urge to do something with my hands. And I knew I had two options, find a craft or start playing with my split ends and then mm -hmm. messing with the hair. So I go, okay, I, I have some string. Let me make friendship bracelets. I made them for like four hours. Like I was like, you know, watching TV and, and do, and it saved my hair. And I'm like, wow, my brain was like, you need something to do. That was one of those things where I felt good about myself because I said, I made an informed decision. I made a good choice. What are some things that you do when you need that extra tactile or sensory? Yeah, so there are, there are multiple domains. Um, like yeah, the sensory domain is, is a huge part of it. Your hands need sensory stimulation for everyone because if you don't have your your fingers or your fingertips if you couldn't feel anything you wouldn't pull right it's 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 a lot of uh in the feeling so yeah i used multiple interventions for that i i had to be really strict with them um i have to admit i was very stubborn <laughs> at first with my interventions because i was like i shouldn't need them it's, it's a sign of weakness but it's really not you just need interventions along your way to um yeah, on your journey to manage trichotillomania. And for me, I had to look, okay, when I'm whenever I'm sitting at my desk, because that was the most high-risk area, um, I started to wear gloves or finger gloves. At first, I was I was quite stubborn, but the more I started to do it, I noticed, whoa, I had a, I had a complete afternoon where I didn't pull, and it felt so good. And yeah, it was due to, <laughs> due to these gloves because... I couldn't feel anything, so I couldn't pull. And I took more and more breaks. I'm lucky because I work from home. So uh, I have a, a company with my uh, husband and I got more breaks into my day. And I noticed that more physical movements, it's also kind of intervention, worked massively for me. If I was sitting all day, didn't take breaks, wasn't moving, my pulling would be way more intense. So like you have... You have that physical barrier of gloves, for instance, or anything else that worked for me. And you also have these like sort of lifestyle interventions that work best for me. So you have um, you have the exercise part, but you also have going to bed when it's bedtime, for instance. It's also a moment where I pulled most of my hair when it, when it was late in the evening and I was very tired. What I needed to do is was something I couldn't do because I was stuck in the pulling. So... Yeah, these were also the hours I pulled the most, but that that's an intervention. Go to bed when it's bedtime. Many of those simple things like proper relaxation, uh, breathing exercises changed, changed a lot for me. Like I used to breathe very short, like short inhales, short exhales, and never really, yeah, invested my time into doing breathing exercises or meditation. Um, I thought these were for people with, with yoga pants on the beach, for instance, but it really worked. So, and that's, yeah, I still do it almost every day. Same as journaling, like 
just simply asking yourself questions. How are you today? How are you feeling? These simple questions can just give you so much more control or make you feel much more in control of your life and what's going on. And it reduces stress, it reduces anxiety. And these are huge triggers for trichotillomania as well. Yeah, my thoughts and my mindset also played a huge, huge role because many of these years I had the thought that I I could never stop pulling my hair, that I was not able to do it because otherwise I would have stopped already. Um, so I was like, no, you're, you're too weak. You're not going to stop, you know, but if you can change that and counter it to something like, okay, I have the power to overcome trichotillomania. Yes, it's a condition, but it doesn't mean I have to suffer from it my whole life. You know, it starts to change and you really need to be willing to take the action and try a lot of things because, you know, um, for instance, some people like knitting, but not everyone likes knitting. So you need to find something that you like that works for you in order to make progress, to find interventions that work for you. Because it's different for everyone. But what's for sure is what I believe is that everyone can find interventions that work for them. So the, the main point is to keep looking. And if things don't work, try to switch it up. Maybe try something else. See see how that makes you feel. See how, yeah, how that influences your pulling. Also, <laughs> what I forgot is... An oily scalp was also a huge trigger, uh, like massively. I don't know why. I don't know if you recognize that. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Huge trigger. I, I just really had to make sure that I showered when it was too oily. Um, often I just didn't allow myself to because I was busy with work and stuff like that. But you really just need to counter these these triggers um, with interventions and for me, it also helped to eliminate or reduce the, um, the, the contact with these toxic people, toxic environment, because yeah, that's also an intervention. I had to do it for, for myself, for my health, because yeah, it was just a massive influence on how much I pulled my hair. And I believe actually that the, the sequence for trichotillomania is something like this. You have the, the environmental factors, we have the psychological factors and then the actual pulling behaviors. And yeah, our, our thoughts and feelings are a result of what happens outside of us and how we perceive those events. So and you can have a strong mindset. A strong mindset is, is one thing that can really help uh, in overcoming trichotillomania, like how you think, how your perspective is. But if everything else around you is, is not in alignment, you're fighting against human nature actually because when you're tired you know you're more prone to seeking conflict and we know all too well that sleep deprivation for instance can make us more sensitive to anxious feelings and all these factors can promote pulling behaviors so yeah if if everything around you is not in alignment you're fighting against human nature and that's a battle you can hardly win there are just so many factors. And what I really believe is that if I had been in a different house, is that the chances of me developing trichotillomania would have been much lower because my urges have decreased significantly for about 80 to 90%. And this was a major step in my self-awareness. I knew that being at home was difficult for me and that I didn't feel at home there, but I only later realized the connection between that environment and my trichotillomania. And once I became extremely self-aware, 
I realized that the moments when I had the, the strongest urges to pull were linked to that environment. But I wouldn't be here where I was right now if I didn't build a strong system of awareness and interventions. I also changed my diet, my sleep, my exercise, changed my thoughts and, and perspective. And so my actions changed. When you have those moments of being in control and making those informed decisions, but yet maybe find yourself pulling a hair, how do you build yourself back up? Because I know for me and for others with trick, when you're on a, a good run, you know, you've had a few days without pulling and then you pull one hair, it's very easy to fall into that, oh, yeah. what did I do? That negative yeah. mindset. How do you get yourself out of that? It's very easy to get back into the vicious cycle of, of pulling your hair. But the thing is that if you build a system of awareness and interventions, you kind of get control over when it's happening, what triggers you. And the thing is to like to not make yourself upset about it. It's just like, if you're going to beat yourself up, uh, I, I started pulling again, I can never stop, you know, you're never going to make progress. And what helped me a lot is knowing that it's a condition. So if you pull a hair, so now and then, if, or if you start pulling again, it's a part of the process because it's completely normal to have relapses. And once you know that, you kind of have peace if you notice yourself pulling again. Also, when you have those bad days or moments when you get back into the pulling again, like it's been going well for days or months, and then eventually you start doing again. These are also actually the moments where you can learn the most. Um, like when things go wrong, you know, what? like you can start to figure out why did it go wrong? What triggered me? Did I care enough for myself? Like maybe I stayed up the night before, like till 2, 3 a.m. or something. Maybe I was eating junk food or all these things. You can like start to figure out what made you pull again. And then based on that, you can just keep adjusting your, yeah, your strategies and you can actually just hugely benefit from these these bad days. But yeah, the, the, the most important thing is to not beat yourself up for it. Know that it's a condition. Know that it's a part of the process that are going to be peaks and valleys. Relapses are completely normal. That helps a lot. And knowing that these days or moments are actually very helpful. You can use them to your advantage. So tell us about your business. Tell us what you do, how we can find you, how we can book you. Recently, I founded hairpullingmentor.com and also the Trick Telemania Help podcast because I want to spread as much awareness as I can. And what I do, I'm, I'm currently studying for life coach. Um, I noticed you were as well. So it's awesome because, you know, it's a great way to, to help people because I've been with psychologists and therapists and for me, they didn't work. Um, maybe for some people they will, but what I found out is that the problem with treating trichotillomania is that we treat it like we treated everything in modern medical science. So we isolate one thing and use one method to fix it while there are various factors at play. There are so many things attached and all those small improvements and life hacks compound and they make make me feel better overall, um, which signif significantly reduce the, the urges. Yeah, what I do is I'm currently working very hard, like for months right now, to finish my program, um, which is going to be a digital program where I wanted to give people a complete approach to overcome trichotillomania, like to give them all the tools 
they need to find find a way to manage and control it effectively. Because if people ask me in, in a DM or something like, how can I stop pulling? You know, it's, there's not one answer. Um, and that's also great with, with being a coach and the work like you do is that you can truly get to know the person and, and what causes them to pull because everyone has different underlying causes. Everyone is unique. So there's not one single approach for everyone. That's why I'm busy creating um, a program based on my own blueprints of the journey and overcoming trichotillomania. And also, um, yeah, I constructed three pillars, which is, um, is awareness is a huge part, awareness and interventions, empowerment, building a new you with, with a lifestyle that actually helps to overcome trichotillomania. I call it a pull-free lifestyle. Like we know we're, we're not completely going to be pull-free, but I like to call it that way because it's more powerful and we can like significantly reduce the urges to pull. I would say me personally, I'm right now I am at like, yeah, 95 to like 99% on how well I manage and control trichotillomania. It's never been like that before. And I know many people are suffering. So that's why I wanted to help people um, overcome trichotillomania because I know it's possible. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Trick Talks. Did you know that I offer a trichotillomania online course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. In it, we do a deep dive into your relationship with trichotillomania by using my guided journal, My Trickster Diaries, as our workbook. We also complete empowering activities and have a bi-weekly support group so that you can meet others in the community. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICKTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five session package. You can access this promotion and learn more at barbaralally.com. Thank you, and I can't wait to start your journey to self-love and self-acceptance with trichotillomania. Thank you.